Welcome to Practice in Public. We're your hosts. I'm Miles the Pessimist. And I'm Casey the Optimist. We're in a relationship and have failed multiple times at many things. I'm interested in having difficult conversations about failure. And I'm interested in what happens after you fail, stories of courage, and how mistakes can become lessons. We want to embrace the tough stuff and talk to people about parenting fails, relationship fails, making friends in your mid-30s. I want to talk to everyone about everything. Okay. Podcast. Why are we doing this? First episode. <laughs> How are you feeling? Really anxious. Why? I have no idea actually. Probably because I'm doing something in a different way that like I usually try to plan every step, mm-hmm. which is the, the issue because if I can't make it perfect, then I don't do it. And yeah. I'm trying to not make a plan and just talk into a microphone <laughs> without thinking about it too much. Mm-hmm. Why is that making you anxious? I have to be in control and this is very much out of my control at the moment. If you're not in control, what is that going to do for you? <sighs> Teach me a lesson probably. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> also that chair sounds like farts. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I love farts. <laughs> mm. I know you do. So should we introduce this thing? What's it called? It's called Practice in Public. Okay. And why did you choose that name? Um, I've been carrying that name around for a while. I've been using it as my business name for what my job job, like my color grading work, but it kind of came to me a while ago and I knew that it was meant for something bigger, I guess. That sounds so douchey, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe Um, the name found you. Maybe the name found me. So at what point did you choose for it to extend to the podcast? I have no idea. Okay. I think that when we were doing the why exercise, when Mm -hmm. you were helping me find my why, Mm -hmm. and obviously like I've been talking about podcasts for so long and I've actually done a couple failure to launch ones pretty much that like didn't didn't really go anywhere. I don't know. I was just like, when when we kind of decided to do this, I was like, yeah, obviously that's the name. Like Mm. that totally makes sense. That's exactly what the podcast is supposed to be like about practicing in public. So what does practice in public mean to you? Probably making mistakes publicly. I think a lot of times, like, you and I have chatted about how a lot of people present sort of perfection and social media, or even if they've had struggles, they they talk about it after the fact. No Mm -hmm. one really talks about it while it's happening. I used to joke with people, like, that I worked with making films, like, I love making people cry on camera because I like like seeing people be honest and, like, have, have real emotions and not just talk about it after the fact and talk about oh I once had a hard time like actually hearing someone talk about it whilst it's happening I Mm -hmm. don't actually think anyone does that so it's like about the process like while it's happening yeah like us doing this now like even though I've done a couple podcasts in the past like I've never done one of my own it's always Mm -hmm. been someone else's project that I've jumped on because that feels safe yeah this feels very uncomfortable what about it feels uncomfortable because I'm in charge so you're accountable. I'm accountable. So <laughs> if I fuck this up, it's my fault. It's my doing. So yeah. that's probably why I've never jumped on doing a podcast before. The name of it is Practice in Public, so you're allowed to make mistakes with it. So. I know. It's like a it's like a constant 
I keep going, oh, you're going to screw this up, but then going, but that's kind of the point to yeah. talk about how you're screwing it up. Yeah. I mean, for starters, we haven't even introduced ourselves, so no, we've, we've already, fucked up already. We've already screwed <laughs> it up. No one knows our names yeah. or who we are. Yeah. We should probably do that, I yeah. guess. Um, so my name is Mars. What else? I don't know. What, who am I? I feel like I don't know who do I am do? right now. That's the next, that's the next question <laughs> quote, that usually comes. What do you do for right. work? What do I do? Um, I work in post-production mostly as a colorist, mm-hmm. sometimes an editor if I can be bothered, um, if, it, if someone's paying me enough or if I'm working on a project that I actually really like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I've been doing that for like 10 plus years. Can we talk about why you chose to be a colorist slash editor? Yeah, I think I don't necessarily like the the thinking up the ideas of stories, but I like this is gonna sound really egotistical. I like taking things that some taking something that someone's already made and making it better. Mm-hmm. And editing and color grading are that's an essential part of the job like description. Polishing things. Polishing things. Okay. Like taking something and pointing out how it how it might not be working and making it better that sounds really critical but so yeah that's what that's really selling myself everyone hire me (laughs) (laughs) give me a job yeah so that's what I do during you know the day the daytime hours I guess yeah (laughs) or nighttime hours if we're being honest yes Uh, because I overwork but do you want to tell everyone who you are? Hi, my name's Casey. <laughs> <laughs> and how we're related, that we're not just like random strangers who decided to oh, talk into microphones. How do I keep that short? Okay, so... <laughs> That's going to um, be hard for you. <laughs> I'm Mars's partner, um, and we've been together for coming up to three years now. Mm. Um, and I suppose I've been... I'm very entrepreneurial. Um, yeah, you are. I've done a lot of different things from like modeling, acting, um, a lot of retail, promotional work, and then primary school teaching. You've had a lot of lives. I've had a lot of <laughs> lives. I've lived like nine people's lives yeah. in one life already, and I'm like only 35. I had to think about my age that I wasn't, I couldn't quite remember. Um, Someone asked me how old I was today, and I was like, I don't know. It's <laughs> like I couldn't remember how old I was. <laughs> Lucky you can do the math so you can work it back. Um, I also had a chocolate business, so I started my own business. And I think as a kid I always started businesses. Like I had a um, a stress ball business. That was probably my first one. <laughs> and I Wait, did I know this? Is that a relaxing business? A stress ball business? A stress ball being making stress balls. And oh. I charged men. A dollar and women 50 cents. That's pretty So telling. I was like wow. sexist from the beginning, but it was like my way. I didn't understand what the patriarchy was, but I like, I, I you was had an like instinct trying, about I was it. trying to correct it by going too far, like swinging the pendulum the other day, the other way. And I remember like it was in, I was doing this. It was like, bring your daughter to work day for my dad. And so, and my dad was a police officer. So it was like in the station with mm. him. And I remember, um, you know, one of, like, his colleagues coming up and saying, um, you can't charge different prices based on whether someone's, you know, a man or a woman. Like, that's sexist. And I was like, I'd never heard the term before. And I was like, oh. Also the tampon tax. Like, the people already charge more money yeah. for things anyway. that women buy than men. But, yeah. We're going way off topic, <laughs> yeah, as, we're, we're, as I generally do. We're going to have to stay okay. on track. So entrepreneurial, I guess. So I'm always thinking about business ideas. I'm often starting them, rarely finishing them. Um, I sold my chocolate business and 
have recently started a coaching business, which is called The Courage Project. Plug, plug. Um, (laughs) But um, I guess I have been excited about the potential of Mars doing something that's a little bit more passion related. Um, Yeah, instead of just being a workhorse pretty much. Yeah, and I think with where I'm heading with my career lately, doing a podcast kind of together, I don't know, we haven't quite worked out how this is going to work. Um, but you needed someone to interview you for today. So (laughs) I was the worthy candidate. Um, so yeah, I guess that's why I'm here today because you can't really ask yourself questions and then, I mean, you could, you could could ask yourself questions. I don't want want to. But you don't want to, so it makes it a little bit easier. And I don't want to just talk into a microphone, like talk at people. That's boring. No one wants to hear that. Yeah. So we've introduced ourselves. Yeah. People know what we do, okay. who so, we are, anything else that they need to know, where we're from. We're in Australia. Yeah. We're in Melbourne. We Melbourne. Met, <laughs> we met overseas. We though, met so. overseas. Yeah. I'm American. Um, We've been through the visa process. We've been through the visa process. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're co-parenting my son from a previous relationship. Yep. So the Mars. easy easy task of parenting. Yeah. <laughs> Or step-parenting step in your parenting, case, which yeah. I don't know how you do it. Sometimes I think I don't know either. Well, we not, neither of us. Neither no, us really, no parent no really one knows really what knows. they're doing. Yeah, I don't think anyone has it. a clue. We're in yeah. Australia. I'm from New York. I feel like I always need to let people know that. I know you do. You're very proud of that, Very you? proud of that fact. Yeah. I'm from Melbourne. Grew up in Dingley Village, mm. um, which was a very... Um, Nice place to grow up, um, but probably not a lot going on unless you really like yeah. golf. The hopping, hopping suburb <laughs> of Dingley. There's village. not, yeah, there's not a train station there. So yeah. I used to joke about it like being the Bermuda Triangle. Like you, once you're in there, you can't get out after like 6 p.m. or something. Yeah, so. I think there was a, there was no real way to get directly to your parents' house. I think your mom actually had to like meet me at a train station. Yeah, and, and then, like, pick, and yeah, then yeah. pick me up and then drive me. Yeah, so I grew I had a very, like a quite sheltered life, I think. So. Which is very opposite to my childhood. Yeah. Being in New York, surrounded by people all the time. Yeah. Never a dull moment. And opposites attract. That's right. So we'll talk about that on another all, episode, yeah. though. Do we need to introduce Mel? We no, probably should. We do not need to introduce Mel. <laughs> can we, okay, can now we, we do. Will Mel, will, will Mel be heard? All right, fair will enough. Anyone? Okay, awesome. cool. Okay. Well, you just let us know if you change Well, we probably want to let people know who you who we are because you've so graciously mm. agreed to listen to us chat on about stupid shit for possibly hours on end. Yeah. I'm pretending it's reality TV. Cool, cool. Maybe, well, it kind, it kind of is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should be Super intense it. reality TV. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very intense. Yeah. Maybe one of us will cry today. Yeah. <laughs> Tissues are there. Cool. <laughs> Tissues at hand. Why have you not done a podcast before? Um, I've probably, like many things that I don't do, like I decide not to do, I probably have been trying to avoid the potential for failing. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't think I can get it right, I'll just, I'll overthink it and I'll outthink myself from doing things. Yeah. Avoiding failure by just avoding. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we going to get into attachment style? <laughs> oh, God. That might be too heavy for people just jumping in. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. it probably contributes a lot to our patterns, but we can talk about all of our breakdowns <laughs> deep. in another episode. Yeah. Okay. So... Do we want to talk any more about practice in public and what you want to talk about on this podcast? 
I want to talk to all kinds of people about failing okay. and how they've learned from their failures. I think it's important for people to have honest conversations about failing, like all the different ways that we failed that mm-hmm. are completely different because mm-hmm. we're different personalities. Like you've had a bunch of business ideas and you like to start things. Are you going to talk about my failures now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go, go. I can't tell if you're nervous or if you're excited about Both. it. <laughs> no, I think... I just want to talk to all different... Like, I want to talk to politicians about how they fail at politics. Or, like, I want to talk to mums about failing. Because we've talked a lot about parenting fails. Mm -hmm. Like, how we fail at parenting all the time. Yeah. And how we try to improve. And then we fail again. Or at least I do. (laughs) I think I've probably done my share of parenting fails recently. You know, there are lots of people who've had... Career changes in the middle of their life because they've mm. failed at whatever they were doing before. Like, you know, I want to talk to all kinds of people about mistakes that they've made. You know, we've listened to a lot of, like, business development people. And, and you know, for every one business they've had, they've had 12 that have failed yeah. before that. And yeah. so I think that the important thing about failure is I don't think you actually learn how to do things correctly. I just think you learn how to not do them. Mm. What does failure mean to you? It used to mean fucking up. Okay. But now it actually, I think it means to me now that you're trying. If you're okay. failing, it means that you're trying. Yeah, I think a lot of times there there's this sort of like threshold of fear that happens when you're trying something that you've never done before. Pushing through that, that threshold, once you once you pass that, I think that you can, you can pretty much accomplish whatever it is that you want to do. It's just a matter of realizing, like we've talked about how when we've tried to do self-improvement and then we start to get scared, that's your, those are your emotions trying to protect you yeah. from failure because you start to get scared. And like when I get scared, I just decide not to do it. Mm. You get scared and you do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, I probably or you decide, do it on purpose. decide yeah. not to do it and then like go through my head because I've already thought it a billion different, like overanalyzed it. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I'm like, oh, there's something scary. I have to do it. Yeah, you run towards it, whereas yeah. I run away from it. And I think... I haven't always been like that, though. So no. can we talk about you then? So what was there something that changed your idea from failure being fucking up to meaning that you're trying? I have no fucking idea what changed. I think I probably had too many breakdowns. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was the cancer moon. I have no clue. Like, I think after, like, our relationship breakdowns, like, I decided to try and not do things the way I normally do it because Mm -hmm. I've been doing them the same way for 35 years and failing at these things constantly. Like, I think I just turned a switch in my brain and went, all right, time to stop doing that now. And I think, I I don't know, it took a very long time. I'm still not entirely sure if I'm doing it right. But it's a process. (laughs) But it's a, yeah, pretty much anything that I was comfortable with, like Mm -hmm. having to readjust my thinking. Like I got here and was pretty much unemployed for a year. Mm -hmm. Like, and when you had different expectations as to how that would go. Yeah, I had very, very different expectations about what living here was going to be like. And Mm -hmm. then that didn't happen. Mm And then it kept not happening and then it kept not happening. Mm. And like every time I would have possibly a chance of maybe finding a job or making some friends, it always kind of backfired. Yeah. And so I had to keep readjusting my expectations and just getting really, just getting tired, just getting worn out. Yeah. Like I couldn't, like I just couldn't catch a break. And in some, some respects, I still feel like that's the case. I still feel like I need to rethink 
the way that I'm doing things. Mm -hmm. And of course, now that I'm potentially deciding not to do what I do for a living, all of these people are calling me to do work for them. So it's like, (laughs) you know, that thing about like breaking through the fear, like once you break through that threshold, the universe going, are you sure you want to leave? Like, Mm. are you sure you don't want to do this anymore? Little tests. Little tests. Like here's, okay, you were complaining about not getting work and now you're deciding to maybe not do it anymore. Here's 10 jobs that you can do. Yeah. Are you really sure you want to give it up? How good are you at saying no now? Like um, a, out of 10. Out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> probably, I'm probably like around a six. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten a lot better at saying no to things just because of like working from a place of scarcity. Yeah. That fear of like not having enough money or not having enough to pay our rent next month. Like I still feel, have an instinct to go, yes, sure, I'll do that job, yeah. even though it's only paying me five hundred dollars. Yeah. And it's it's my time and the stress that it causes me is not worth the amount that I'm getting paid. I think a lot of it comes from having immigrant parents mm-hmm. and coming from a working class family. I think there's a thing about people who come from working class families they they don't know how to say no. Mm. especially to work because you kind of get drilled into your head and even if your parents don't say anything about it you see how hard they have to work mm-hmm. like my dad it constantly had two jobs all the time yeah and so I'm just used to learning that okay if a job comes along you take it even if it's not what you want because you have no idea where the next thing is going to come from you don't know if there's another opportunity coming so you just have to take this even if it's making you miserable mm-hmm. Like, my dad worked in a shoe store when I was a kid. He worked in a school in, like, the cafeteria. I doubt that those are things that he was really passionate about, but Mm -hmm. he did it because he had to, because he had to pay bills, because, you know, he had two kids to raise. Yeah. Um, So I think I've always functioned from that that fear of scarcity, just going, okay, I don't really want to do this gig, Mm -hmm. but I will, because it's paying me a dollar, (laughs) even if it's, like, a job that I know is going to stress me out. That's going to cause me depression and anxiety and, like, cause me to lose sleep because I have to stay up and work crazy hours. Like, I'll take it because the other option, the other side of that is that we won't have money. Yeah. We can't pay our bills. Yeah. So I do it out of fear. Mm-hmm. I'm trying really hard not to do it, but it's an instinct for me that I, it's hard for me to unlearn yeah. because I'm, I come from a place where it's like you don't know where it's coming from yeah. next. So you have to take what you can get. Yeah. There's a reason why I was like at school buying candy from the shops and then selling them for more money than they were to kids at school. It's like th- there's reasons why I did things like that. Yeah. Like I set up a lemonade stand and ice, an iced tea stand outside of the my building where I grew up. And, you know, I remember looking at this box full of money like I made like $70 one day. Wow. And I remember looking at or maybe it wasn't in the day, but like over a course of a few days. And I remember looking at the money in the box and feeling so excited and safe because I was like this is my money yeah I have it it's mine that's a defining moment right there isn't it (laughs) yeah it's definitely a defining moment yeah yeah like everything that I've I think I've done particularly work-wise is to get that feeling back yeah to go okay everything's gonna be okay money gets you freedom because you can do what you want then it didn't matter what so you had options yeah I didn't I don't even think I had an idea of something to buy I just like needed to have the money I needed to have it in my possession. We're so different. I know. <laughs> you would have been like, how many things I can I buy? I had 10 ideas before the like m- money got even into the tin. I was like, I knew already what I wanted to buy. Yeah. yeah. And I would have spent it all. You probably would have, yeah. which that gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> just, just thinking I about really spending money. You, don't I? 
All right. So I feel like we've gone way off topic, but it's, it's probably going to awesome. happen all the time. Uh huh. <laughs> Um, I feel like we need to talk about, like, why you wanted to be interviewed for this one. Probably a couple of reasons. Probably because I, I don't like talking about myself very Mm -hmm. much. So this is very foreign to me and I'm trying to push some boundaries Mm -hmm. and test myself and do some self-improvement. Well done, babe. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and then, then I guess part of it is because it, at some point will will be or I'll be or will be we haven't actually even had a conversation about how this podcast is gonna go yeah I think because I want to interview other people I don't know I guess it's kind of important for me to be the first and put myself out there because I will be asking these kinds of questions to other people yeah so a I want to make them feel comfortable I don't want to just be someone who um can't answer the questions that I want to ask people Mm -hmm. I think that's important as well because it's the first episode like I want people to know kind of what they're getting themselves into yeah what do you see the podcast as being like from this episode and then like what do you think the next few ones are going to be about like what do you want to what kind of people do you want to bring in what what kind of questions do you want to ask them what do you want to get out of the episodes i have like this wish list of the people that i want to interview go oh gosh it's it's put it out there put i'll put it out there um oprah yeah (laughs) um I want to chat to our friend because she's come from the Middle East and like I'm, I'm really interested in hearing people's stories about taking risks. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's going to be sort of things like that. People talking about the risks that they've taken and how they failed at those risks and the things that they've learned. Barack Obama is also on my list of people that I want to interview because I really, really miss the Obamas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of Americans probably do. Mm-hmm. At least 50% of us maybe. I actually also want to talk to people across the table, like people who don't have the same views as me yeah, and people who might completely disagree with the things that I think. Why do you want to do that? I think that I want to understand those people and I want Mm. to understand why they believe the things that they believe, particularly like politics. Like a lot of the things that have happened in America and probably in Australia too, because there are some parallels, like the people that don't agree with what I think like hardcore right-wing Republicans. A lot of the reason I think that we have the administration that we have is that a lot of their fear got taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. A fear of change, fear of not having, you know, a strong economy, not having work, not having health insurance, fear of, I don't know, gay people, fear of trans people. I think that a lot of their fears were played on and used as a tool. And I'd like to talk to those people about how they haven't felt heard because Mm. I think that's a lot of the reason why it motivated a lot of the things that they ended up doing particularly with their voting because a lot of them were afraid and I think they legitimately like felt like they weren't being heard by Mm. the left by the progressives by the democrats by like people on the other side so I want to talk to those people as well and kind of just you know try to understand why they why they think what they think yeah like I'm I want to talk to someone who's like horrendously homophobic Mm. and kind of break down those ideas because Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of times we all get stuck in our fear and our judgments and we never think about what it might be like for the other side like as vehemently as I believe what I believe and how wrong I might think those people's beliefs are they're thinking the exact same thing about all the things that I believe yeah there's a lot of sort of insular behavior Mm -hmm. like people are so used to being on their own yeah and not having conversations with each other yeah so if we're not having any conversations there's no 
There's no debate happening. There's no understanding happening. There's no discussion happening. Yeah. How how can I possibly expect someone on the other side to believe anything that I believe yeah. if we're not actually even having a conversation about it? Yeah. And maybe they'll never agree with the things I agree with, but at least we'll have some sort of understanding about yeah. why we believe it yeah. and encouraging empathy instead of apathy. Like, I don't know. I feel like that would probably solve like 90% of the world's problems if we, if we actually like cared about what was happening to, you know, our fellow man, woman. And create that like, (laughs) I suppose that common ground, that understanding and that connection with each other Yeah, where we can have a difference of opinion, but still respect the other person as an individual or a human being, you know. And I think we've had, you know, we've had a couple of these conversations with your parents. Yeah. We don't always have the same views about Mm. something, but we've had a lot of really productive, sometimes confronting, but ultimately really productive conversations with them. And I think it's probably just as important to them to have us think about what their point of view is as it is for us to get them to understand what our point of view is. Definitely. So I want to just have more conversations like that with people. Mm. Um, So I think it's important to kind of create that ability to understand someone else's perspective. (laughs) It's definitely helped us. We're still practicing. We're still practicing in public. Well, mostly in private, but currently (laughs) now, if we're going to talk about it now in the podcast, then we are kind of doing it in in public. So maybe there'll be an episode where we hash something out for the first time. I'm sure there will be. not live but like on the podcast like in front of other people instead of us just like having a conversation amongst ourselves yeah or me deciding not to talk for a day yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's my worst nightmare (laughs) if anyone actually listens to this like we've talked about letting people kind of call us out on shit yeah if we've said something wrong or like we've stated a fact incorrectly or i think i want i want to be able to be open about that yeah and I think if people know what we're about and hear from our like hear from us that it's okay to criticize us or you know call yeah. us out and stuff, I think yeah. this is kind of the first. Step. Or just have a discussion or just, about yeah, it. Yeah, just have yeah. a discussion with. Doesn't us. necessarily need to be as scary as like no. calling us out or criticizing yeah. us, but like just yeah, opening up a discussion about it because I mean, imagine what could come from that as well. Mm. What was I going to say? Um, Amber Khan's on the list as well. Oh of yeah, people that I want to interview because she yeah, has yeah. probably saved our lives a lot, yeah. <laughs> saved our relationship quite a few times yeah. without. So when you texted me and said that you interacted with her on Instagram yeah, today, I got very excited. She just liked one of my stories. <laughs> you know, she sent a heart on one of... So Amber Khan, we need to, like, talk we'll about previous this, years. Yeah. So she's a tarot reader. Yeah, she, she does tarot readings she on YouTube. She does podcasts as well. She's got a podcast, Re- Revolution Ramblings. Um, we, we love The Quietest Revolution. That's, yeah, like, her YouTube That's her YouTube channel, channel where she does, um, like, monthly horoscope readings for each sign yeah and then does an extended reading that you can pay for which i encourage people to do because they're worth it yeah we know from experience we know from experience um like whether or not you believe in tarot and star signs and all that sort of thing it's just a good way when you watch it and you think about it and you reflect on your life it's a i guess platform and like you can have a conversation about that and see if like am i doing that is that happening in my life i mean i'm still skeptical about it like i'm still like i have actually no idea if i'm going to take this to heart at all yeah this could be complete bullshit yeah but so far (laughs) so far it hasn't been yeah sometimes i'll watch you know, a month, like, 
a reading from six months ago and be like, oh, fuck, that's what that was. Yeah. Like, yeah. she was right about that. And then yeah. I get scared and then I'm like, try to debate whether or not I should stop watching it. <laughs> and be like, I don't want to know what's going to happen before it happens. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. she's on the list. So yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Amber Khan. Yeah. She does travel quite a bit. Yeah. Maybe we can convince her to come to Melbourne. Yeah. That and hang out with awesome. us. I mean, I'm a little bit afraid of her, but I'm also really want to yeah. be her friend, yeah. <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. The weird feeling, but. Yeah. She could definitely call us out on some shit. Yeah. 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 And she's from New York, which I, you know. Yeah. Feel an affinity with her. Yeah. If someone's from New York, they sort of kind of sometimes automatically it's get an in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway. I want to hear like a lot of stories of courage yeah which i guess is like kind of it's the flip side of failure isn't it yeah in a way. I, think or, so. I think we're talking about the same thing yeah. but i want to hear like specifically stories where people have you know had to be brave you're a bit you're this is the yin and yang thing because you're much more positive than i am mm. i'm like what's what's wrong how have you fucked up yeah. <laughs> and you're like yeah. how have you improved yeah what did you learn? <laughs> what did you learn today and i'm like i didn't learn anything this yeah. sucks everything sucks yeah why do you think it's important to talk about failure and mistakes? What What do you think that's going to achieve? I think that a lot of times when people are going through stressful times or they're dealing with trauma, I think they feel like they're the only one going through it mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I shared that, that little comic about how mums feel after they give birth and how what they say is very different from what they're actually feeling. Yeah. You feel like you're being a bad parent. You feel bad about thinking horrible things about your child. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times we don't believe that anyone can understand what it is that we're going through. Yeah. And I don't actually think that's true. Because everyone that I've, or, or both of us have talked to about this podcast idea, like even figuring out what the tagline's going to be, or like when people are like, what's it going to be about? I go, oh, it's going to be a podcast about failure. And yeah. talking about how we fail all the time. Everyone's been like, oh, I could tell you stories yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got, tons, got a story about failure. I've got tons of material. So, And if they don't, they're lying. Yeah. If they're, <laughs> or if, they're just not trying. Oh, they're just not trying. Or maybe they're just not aware enough, self-aware enough to know that they have their own stories about failure. So I think I think it's important to be honest and upfront about that. And that's kind of the point of this whole thing. So what have been your biggest failures in life? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, how long is this podcast going to be? <laughs> I think... Top three. Top three. Yeah. Um, or even just start with one. On the- I think probably over-accommodating. Mm. I think that that leads a lot of the things that I do. Mm-hmm. I think that my instinct is to put people first mm-hmm. before myself. I like to call it, call it a Jesus complex. Mm-hmm. Like, you sa- like you sacrifice yourself for everyone else, no matter how detrimental it actually is to you. Yeah. We went to your psychologist together once, and I don't think you realized how much I did it and how much I think about how what I do affects other people, even if it's the simplest of things, like what do you want to eat for dinner? Yeah. I go, okay, well, maybe what does Casey want? She said she wanted to eat healthier, so I probably shouldn't say I want, like, fucking steak and mashed potatoes. Like, it's, so I think it's an instinct for me to, to think about that all the time. Like, yeah. I can't, I don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. And I have to consciously think, is this what I want? Or is this, am I doing this because this is what the other person wants? Yeah. We, and we chatted about this via text. The fact that I'm an avoidant, mm-hmm. but also over-accommodating to other people's needs means I spend... Is, am I doing what I want to do? I have no idea what I want to do. Am I doing this because I'm trying to make them happy? And so I spend a lot of time doing that, and it, it, it affects literally everything I do. 
did you want to talk about any other failures in life? I mean, parenting. Parenting? Yeah. I think I've probably really failed at parenting. I think that that's probably been one of the most confronting things that I've experienced. Mm. It's impossible I, to get parenting right, though. It is, but I think that my expectation that... Not my expectation even, like, my instinct parent, the way my parents did, mm. has been really challenged by Henry. Yeah. I mean, as it should be, like, you're basically teaching an alien how to be a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know anything about what it's like. So I think that's probably been one of the biggest things that I've failed at yeah. with parenting. Not all the time, but I think the ways that I've failed have been really big. Mm. I feel like I fail every day at parenting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we fail all the time. Yeah, but, but I we actually learn think, as yeah, well. I, I also think that despite the fact that we fail all the time, we actually haven't done that shit of a, like, we haven't done that much no, of a I think job. we do pretty good. We do pretty well, I think pretty good I don't know great English we'll we'll find out in like 20 years when Henry's in therapy I'm sure he'll have some things to tell us I'm sure he will I'm yeah. sure he's got a lot of opinions about yeah. us and how we parent but yeah probably parenting yeah that's the other thing I want to talk about desires putting other people's desires mm. I mean like actually literally like sex oh like, I want to talk about that because I think yeah oh gosh I think that's actually <laughs> I think that's actually something that happens a lot with women Mm -hmm. or women-identified people and particularly queer people. Yeah. Like this whole, you know, top, bottom, butch, femme thing. Like I think it's so much more complicated and nuanced than that. Yeah. And yeah, so I want to talk about that. Like the idea of giving and receiving. Yeah. I mean, that's that's in life as well. Well, that's what I mean. Like it translates, like even though you might think of it in terms of sex as like a sexual thing, it actually is quite reflective of a lot of ways that people function just on the day-to-day like not being able to receive yeah i think is a thing that happens in the queer community with women in particular so i think we need to talk about i mean it might be a touchy subject yeah (laughs) but (laughs) i think pardon the pun gosh you love peas i do i don't know why i think i think it's important to address because i don't think that i don't know if many people are are talking about it. I think, I mean, I think a fair amount of people are talking about it, but I think it needs, I think it still needs to be talked about more. Yeah. Maybe we should have Vanessa on. Yeah. She would be a good person to talk to about that. Anything else? Any other potential failures? Or any failures that, like, you think you need to make in order to learn? Mmm. I hope I don't have to fail at anything from this point on for the rest of my life, but, um... I think parenting will always feel like I'm failing. I feel like that's never going to go away. Like as long as I continue to choose to parent or like choose to be a parent, I think it'll always feel like I'm not doing it right. And I think that's probably how all parents feel. Yeah. So I feel like we have talked about a lot and we may need to revisit some of the things that we talked about. Yeah. At some point, but Mm. we kind of need to wrap it up at this point because otherwise we're just going to go on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. Like I tend to do. (laughs) So where can people find us, contact us so they can give a shit or like (laughs) I shouldn't really be inviting that, should I? Or like I think it's going to happen either way, so I don't think it matters if we invite it or not. Where can they find us? Personal Instagrams. Yeah. Practice in public is my personal one. What about yours? So my personal one is Casey underscore Pringle. And do I need to spell that? Like the chip. But just one. Just one. Just one chip. (laughs) One solitary chip. And then my business one is 
the.courage.project. Cool. Where can people get in contact with you? Email? Is yeah. email good? Email info at practiceinpublic.com. And is it practice with an S or a C? It's practice with a C because I'm American and that's how we do things. Um, yeah, practice in public with a C. If somebody could actually tell us about the grammar, I mean, I'm sure we could Google it, but like practice, should it be with an S? Because I feel it's like a noun is with a C and a verb is with an S, but I don't know if that's oh. like the British Someone spelling really, or whether I just made that up. Someone who's sure. really into grammar mm. needs to let us know yeah. what the right Email way. info at practice with a C in public.com <laughs> yeah. and tell us what is the correct spelling of practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we want people to contact us about? Who you'd like to hear on an episode. So like suggestions, suggestions for interviews. If we've said something incorrectly. Fact checkers or like school us yep um Um, hmm. what about stories of failure do we want people to write us letters i think that yeah people feel free to email us about a failure that you've had and something that you've learned from it um even if it's the tiniest thing like you keep failing to put your shoes on the shoe rack and that means you trip over your shoes every time you walk in the house little things Mm. even minor things what about recommendations for us any if you think there's stuff that we might like self-help stuff um um yeah any any suggestions for that stuff is welcome although i don't know how much self-growth i can do i need i might need a break from some self-growth fair enough um cool yeah i think that's it um anything that you want to send us um that we haven't talked about what we don't know that we don't know oh yeah yeah topics to discuss yeah suggestions if you questions want to, questions if you want to be on the podcast we can yeah. consider that yeah if you know anyone in literally any field in particular i'm thinking about trying to convince my psychologist to record an episode anybody who we might not necessarily talk to in our like little filter bubble that might want to have a conversation with us um mm. about differing views Mm. that'd be cool too awesome first episode done goodbye dummies